Hi, everyone. It is episode 16, the A-side, and Rachel's away in Florida this week, so I was lucky enough to bring in a really special guest to answer questions today. It's none other than Julia Casella, who we talk about literally episodes, so it was high time she joined us on the pod. Hi, Julia. Hi, Julia. <laughs> she came in today. We're sitting in a cozy um, phone booth right now. Um, the Jujus are doing the pod pod. <laughs> <laughs> Julia, what do you do? So Tell the people who you are. I know Rachel and Juliet because I worked for them at Birchbox. Mm-hmm. I was the first Birchbox social media intern. That's and true. Rachel likes to joke that I just never left. And I said I was never leaving. <laughs> After the summer, I was like, I'm staying. She stayed. I remember, okay, we'll we'll save most of this for the B-side because there's so much fun stuff about Julia. But um, I'll just say this. When Rachel interviewed her, she handed me her resume and was like, this girl's smarter than both of us. Like, (laughs) we need to keep her forever. And so we did. And so I stayed. (laughs) So I went to NYU, so it was easy for me to um, still come in for my internship. And then as soon as I graduated, you guys hired me. And I was at Birchbox for two and a half years. Mm -hmm. And then for the past year, a little bit over a year, I've been at Beauty Blender. If you guys aren't familiar with Beauty Blender, it's the first non-disposable makeup sponge it's a little pink egg so she created the whole entire category that's why every time Ah. someone uses a makeup sponge they call it a beauty blender because she was the first person to invent it's like a kleenex exactly or q-tips or what is that that. called that's called a generic trademark i think yeah so good um yeah so julia's um running things over at PD Blender. So I was doing social for them for the past year, mm-hmm. and I just transitioned into a role on the global communications team, mm-hmm. um, and a big part of that is working with influencers. Yeah. So a lot of my social background has been really helpful in creating content with them. It's amazing. And I now have, like, a giant tub, basically, of beauty blenders between her and Rachelista, who is our friend from Birchbox, who also works there. Um, I basically have a lifetime supply of beauty blenders. But I she always wants here. more. Always wants more. Every always. time I see her, she goes, oh, but I, I can I have one for my mom? I know. I'm like, that blender didn't even come out yet. She's like, yeah, but my mom needs one. <laughs> true, true. It's shameless. Um, so I thought I'd bring in Julia today um, since she's such a pro, and we're going to answer some really good questions that came in from our listeners about how to increase engagement, likes and comments, what do you do, what are some tactics that are really useful, so we get into that. And then we also talk about um, best practices for Instagram captions and uh, kind of how this whole sort of long caption, micro-blogging on Instagram trend is, is going. So let's dive into it. But first, I wanted to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Obviously. Obviously. (laughs) (laughs) So Obviously is a platform that connects influencers and brands together. So if you're an influencer and you're wanting to work with brands or if you're a brand and want to partner with influencers on initiatives, you can do so all through their integrated tech platform. And it was started by um, someone named May, who Rachel introduced me to. Um, She's really brilliant. She has great experience and really understands both the influencer and brand side of things. Um, Rachel 
joined as an influencer. I just joined as an influencer. Um, and I know other brands who have worked with them on really great campaigns. They've worked with brands like Sephora and Harry's. Um, and it's a really kind of integrated and seamless experience. Um, and if you're looking to kind of dip your toes into influencer marketing but aren't really sure where to start, Obviously is offering our listeners a free 30-minute influencer marketing strategy. Um, so if you just go to obvious.ly and click on the Get in Touch button and tell them that you heard about them through the podcast, you'll get that free session, which is really kind of a no-brainer if you are sort of confused on the world of influencers or sort of want a refresher trying to make a case for it at the place you work. Um, this will be a great way to get started. Thanks, obviously. Ready for the first question, Julia? Yes, ma'am. Okay. This question came in from an Instagram DM. This person is asking, what are ways to increase engagement, likes, and comments? Because I see a lot of people who have a huge following, but the engagement is less than 5%. So first of all, as you get bigger, your engagement, like, generally goes down if you're smaller it's easier to have higher engagement so i'm just like putting that out there into the universe and five percent isn't actually bad yeah, so brands good. have one percent sephora has less than one percent mm-hmm. most brands will have less than five percent yeah what does beauty blender have i think it's one percent two percent yeah and but you have like what two million followers almost, almost? two million followers yeah. wow congrats <laughs> julia was too uh she led that charge. <laughs> um, okay, so some of the ways that you can get more engagement. I think the first thing I'll say, which is like you might think this is a lame answer, but you have to have good content that your audience wants. So a way to figure this out is by going into your Instagram analytics and looking at your top performing content by likes and comments and try to kind of like hypothesize what why you think that content performed like was it the photo was it the caption was it something that was like culturally relevant or timely like what about that do you think resonated with your audience um and when you're in instagram analytics to sort it by the last year to get kind of a bird's mm-hmm. eye view but then you want to go and be more micro so yeah. look at the past three months because that's going to be more recent trends yeah and a better understanding of what people like definitely Um, I think another thing is, which could be interesting, is kind of like browsing around the explore page. This is sort of like a front page of the internet. So while all of that content like might not be right for you or your brand, you can get some ideas of what other people are liking out in the world. So that like I often see a lot of like makeup tutorial videos that are like hyperlapsed or like random like humorous internet memes um so kind of like taking that and figuring out how you can do that for your brand something else to also mention is that engagement for videos isn't really likes or comments it's views Mm -hmm. so that's that's something to keep in mind if you're trying to increase the engagement on a video it's making sure that there's something really catchy in the within the Mm -hmm. first three seconds so you can incentivize people to watch yeah and that's what instagram shows for a video it shows views not like likes necessarily another thing which we've like talked about before is the fact that you can see the number of saves on your posts which is like another interesting engagement metric um and i think that is something that a lot of people forget about but like that's sort of like you're making like an active intention to go back to that and look at it later so that's something that is also important um what else julia what are some other ways that you can get more engagement 
I would say a really low-hanging fruit would be giveaways. Mm -hmm. So if you partner with brands to do giveaways, you don't want to do too many of them. I used to get very um, gung-ho about this at Birchbox because I thought we did a lot. Yeah. But it definitely does help with engagement, following, Mm -hmm. reach. Mm -hmm. Um, And if it's exciting and easy to enter, people are going to engage with it. Yeah, I think that's a really important thing. Make it easy to enter. Don't confuse people for what the entry method method is. And then expect a drop-off in followers. Mm -hmm. So it's fine. That's just the nature of giveaways. You're not Mm going to lose all of them. But yes, over the course of the next few days or next few weeks, some of those people are going to drop off. But you still have that engagement Mm -hmm. and you still have a hopefully a bunch of new followers who are interested in your content. Yeah. I think also, like, something that you have to be careful with but that some brands do a really good job of is engage, like, asking a question to their audience. And I think it falls flat when the brand kind of doesn't know who they're talking to or who their customer is or what the voice is. Um, But, like, I saw a really good example. I think it was yesterday. Glossier reached a million Instagram followers. And they were like, we couldn't do it without you or customers, blah, blah, blah. Please introduce yourself. And there's, like, hundreds, almost, like, thousands of comments of people just, like, talking to each other because they know that their customer base is such, like, a strong community. So I think that's, like, a really good – if you do it right and you know what to ask and who you're talking to and not just, like, what are you doing this weekend when, like, you don't talk to your – audience that way um i think it can be it can be a good way to get especially comments any other things i'm trying to think of other like really good tactical um ways to increase engagement oh okay so something that i've been seeing a lot there's these like secret facebook groups for like getting more likes and engagement on instagram it has a name i think one's called like instagram posse or something or like but there's a name for all of these groups is what it's called when you do oh, this. Oh, you're right. Not like a... It's like a like... <laughs> a like I, train. Yeah, I feel like... <laughs> but something like that. So essentially, like, other Instagrammers, influencers in the world are creating these, um, like, Instagram groups or fake, secret Facebook groups, and they are inviting people to join who... So they can sort of, like, increase engagement. So there is, like, a period of time each day or a couple times a week where you can, like, put your handle down or a link to your, like, post and have people in that group, like, like and comment. comment. Yeah. So I think it's, like, really interesting because if you're in the right group and it's the right type of – if you're, like, aligned with those other people, then it could be, like, really meaningful in a way for, like, new people to discover you. Um, So I, like – I personally joined one because I was just curious about it, but I haven't actually executed <laughs> okay, it yet. Lorelai is the one who told me about it, and I'm trying oh. to see in our text messages. Yeah. But when we remember... Yeah, we'll find out. Um, so those are just a few kind of tactical ways, but I think, like, the takeaways are is make sure your content is something that people, your audience actually wants to see, um, and do more of that, right? Absolutely. Yeah. This just in. <laughs> we found out what it is. We think it's either, uh, in, they're called engagement pods or like pods or something like that. So if you look on Facebook and kind of search something like that, um, you can find them. I'm not sure the best way to find them on Instagram, but. Um, I don't know. Can you necessarily find them or do I don't you have know. to be more? I think you have to be like invited to them. So maybe, yeah, if you Google it. Yeah. Very um, startup culture Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Okay, this is kind of a two-part question from the same person. Um, So the second one is, should brands, bloggers, and influencers be on every platform, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter? Um, This person says that she's more of a writer and finds it challenging sometimes to have Instagram-worthy images to match up with her topics. Julia, you said you have strong opinions on this, so tell our listeners what you think. (laughs) So I think optically it is good to have a Facebook and Instagram and a Twitter. Yeah. Um, especially because you can push all of your Instagrams to your Twitter. If you have a blog, it will go on your Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, Twitter is good just for, like, showing up in search because it when you search, oh. like, your brand or name, it always comes oh, up on yeah. the right-hand side. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good, good point. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, though, the biggest thing is to know where your audience is. So yeah. if your audience is a bunch of tech guys, then you should be on Twitter. Yeah. If your audience is, um, you know, makeup girls, they're on Instagram or YouTube. Mm-hmm. YouTube is a little bit hard because brands on YouTube don't do as well as personalities on YouTube. Right. Um, so I wouldn't say that everyone needs to get a YouTube channel, mm-hmm. but it really depends. Um, Does Beauty Blender have a YouTube channel? We do, but we don't really update it or invest a lot of time mm-hmm. or money into it because... Our videos, we care more about putting them on Instagram and Facebook. Yeah. Um, which mm-hmm. I would say, I would suggest that to most people, mm-hmm. um, unless you are an influencer that does long-form talking tutorials, makeup tutorials. Yeah. Because um, then you need to get a cut for Instagram where you're not talking. Mm-hmm. Um, and YouTube is like, it's more episodic, right? Like, Facebook is kind of trying to be like that with watch, but it still feels different to me. Like YouTube is more sound. Yeah. Dependent, right? So when you exactly. go on YouTube, you're going to listen to the sound. You're going to hear everything. You're going to watch a day in the life of someone's life mm-hmm. for 25 minutes. Instagram is really short, quick, and you want to be able to watch it without sound. Yeah. Um, I agree with that. I think... Knowing, like, where your audience is and where they're kind of, like, engaging with you the most matters a lot. But So, so many people aren't on Twitter, right? I would mm-hmm. say that there are makeup girls on Twitter and we, yeah. Beauty Blender, we check our Twitter, we respond to people. But mm-hmm. a lot of them are on Instagram yeah. every single day. Right, right. But it's never good to be, like, only dedicated to one channel because, like, if that channel, for whatever reasons, disappears tomorrow, like, your content will not have legs beyond like a single channel um also you need to think right facebook so you might have different customers right so the younger ones might be on instagram and the older ones might be on facebook Mm -hmm. um so Mm -hmm. it's kind of a demographic but then also uh, do we use that word psychographic yeah Yeah. so Uh both of them yeah um that's a good one um so a second question that came in from a different listener who also messaged me on Instagram DM, um, had sort of a, like, sideways question about, or similar question about Instagram caption best practices. Um, She was wanting, she works for a marketing, branding, and PR agency, and um, she runs the content development side um, and really is interested in the copy side of things. So um, she's heard of sort of this idea of Instagram as a micro blog and this being like a trend and talked about Caroline Calloway, who I didn't know until this podcast. Neither did I. Um, You can follow her at Caroline Calloway. Um, She does this and... um, She's sort of wondering, like, what the best approach is here. Um, And I think this is a really good one because we have talked about this a lot. Like, 
Instagram is basically like Tumblr now. Like you can use it like a like a microblog, and a lot of people are doing that. Like some accounts that come to mind are Desium, the Ordinary. Mm-hmm. They do this a lot. Um, what was the one that you mentioned? Social Tease, which is this anim- animal rescue. Um, mm-hmm. I guess it's a shelter in yeah. New York, and they have really long captions. And it's, like, all about the stories of the of dogs, the dogs right? yeah. Yeah. How We Asked is another one. They do, like, the proposal stories. Yeah. But that um, one, I don't know. I feel a little bit conflicted about this question. Yeah. Because How We Asked or How We Met or whatever that is, mm-hmm. I you're way more interested in hearing that story because you know, you really know what you're getting. Mm-hmm. The Social Tease one, I sometimes get tired of reading the whole entire caption. Yeah. But it's like, the, if I you see like both see a cute dog, like it could be fun to go down that rabbit hole of reading more about them, right? Like, I think it makes sense for that. I think where it can be dicey is if, like, you're how kind we of met or over her, or how we met or um, what was the, what's the one? Humans of New York. Mm-hmm. Those are really, they're also really well written. So mm-hmm. that could also, you need to keep in mind that you are writing a very, very short paragraph at the yeah. end of the day. It's not a long-form article, right. so you need to adjust the way you write it. Yeah, I think that's really true. Um, I think it can be, like, dicey if, like, you do long captions sometimes and, and then, like, yes. short ones I was about to say, because we always know for how we met that mm-hmm. it's going to be a long caption. Yeah. You always know for people of humans of New York that it's going to be a long caption. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And it might even be what they do, sometimes do is they split up the story into multiple posts. Yeah. So they'll mm-hmm. show, you know, four or five pictures right. and they'll have a paragraph for each one. Yeah. I would say the bigger thing though is something that we really do at Beauty Blender a lot is the idea of having something catchy all the way at the top. Um, yeah, I like this approach a lot. I've seen a lot of other like bloggers and brands start to do this. Skinny Confidential does this. So th- you'll put sort of like a headline so you can see like above the fold before it shows the little like dot, dot, dot more to read the caption. Like you'll have enough information to capture someone's like attention. Or get some type of engagement just from that. Mm-hmm. And then you can go into the longer. Yeah. Form. But I agree. You don't want to just confuse your audience. Either have long captions or don't have long captions, yeah. but make sure that people know what they're getting. Mm-hmm. Or if it's, you could make it like a series if you don't mm-hmm. do it all the time, but just make sure it's clear like, you know, every Wednesday we talk about like, you know, soul cycle instructors or whatever it is. Like, just make sure that it has a purpose and an intention. But overall, I think it's great. I just don't mm-hmm. know if everyone is used to that yet on mm-hmm. Instagram. But I we talked about this a lot at Birchbox, right? Yeah. Because we didn't really want to have to always drive people back to the site. Yeah. We wanted to make each Instagram post a little piece of content in and of itself. Right. Because you have to mm-hmm. meet people where they are, right? This idea of having to always send people back to a site is not as easy as, you know, mm-hmm. getting them to engage on the mm-hmm. actual post. Yeah. And, like, don't just write a long caption to write it. Like, make sure that it's adding some value for people and that they can actually, like... They're taking away something, whatever that is, whether they're learning something or, like, getting, like, emotionally invested in a story. Um, Do it so it has an intention. Mm -hmm. Cool. That was a good one. What a fun episode. We had such a great guest today at Julia underscore Casella, C-A-S-E-L-L-A. Julia, tell people who you are again and where they can find you, even though I just give you your Instagram a shout out. So that's pretty much the only place <laughs> I am. No, I'm also on Twitter, 
Um, and You're really good on Twitter, I have to say. I've gotten a little bit better. Yeah. I've gotten back into it. I remember Rachel a couple of years ago came into the office and she was like, Twitter's back, Twitter's I back. <laughs> because Gary Vaynerchuk had those girls who were big on Musical.ly on his <gasps> podcast. And he asked yes. them, what are your you know, favorite platforms? And they were like, Musical.ly, Snapchat, Twitter. Right. It's I don't know if that's is that still true or like younger kids using Twitter. I have no idea, but we've had some good things for Beauty Blender come out of Twitter, like that girl who posted um ask your boyfriend <laughs> what this is. Yeah. So, that came from Twitter. Yeah. I think that a lot of funny, funny things. Twitter a lot is of like people now, Yeah, a lot of mm-hmm. memes now are posting, you know, screenshots yeah, of tweets. That is really but true. I'm not on there as much as I'm on Instagram. Mhm. What about Snapchat? Snapchat is like your personal private place. Yeah. You well, all- actually, I was talking about this, and maybe this is for the other side, but mm-hmm. why would Instagram introduce the screenshot? I know. So we can talk about okay. that. Okay, we'll on the talk other about side. that on the B side. We'll get down and dirty. Um, okay, so if you want to submit a question to the A side of the podcast, make sure you do so by emailing doyoufollowpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can Instagram DM me and Rachel. We're at jdalphine and at Rachel Joe Silver. We want to hear your questions, whether you are running social at a brand or a startup or running your own business or just want to know what the hey all the kids are doing on Instagram these days. We are here to answer them. Um, and don't forget to subscribe in iTunes and rate us. This is the way that more people know about us. So it really means a lot to us. And that's it. We'll see you on the B side.